3: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes
0: everything.
2: Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day,
3: twelve hundred minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The Clearing House of hot takes break free for something special. The fifth hour with Ben
2: Maller starts right now. Nine, 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 nine. In the air everywhere. Another fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G radio. <laughs> and you are in for the drama or Rama.
3: Ben, 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 you got to get me a break here now.
2: That is the mailbag. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's go. Oh, it's so exciting. Everyone loves the mailbag. The crowd goes wild. These are actual letters from actual listeners of the show. We can't start the mailbag without a tribute to our friend Ohio Al.
4: It's in the bag.
2: Thank you for that, Ohio Al. Wow. The kids like that. Yeah! Pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's go right to the mailbag. And... I got
1: mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. These
2: are actual letters by actual listeners to the podcast and the radio show. And I want to thank the members of the Malamush. I assume these are members of the Malamush. Maybe it's bots. But I put my email on Facebook, the the fifth hour, real fifth hour at gmail.com, real fifth hour at gmail.com. I put that on Facebook every week. And I have been signed up. My email has been used for all kinds of insurances. People have signed me up for different things on the internet. I have some I got an email from a parking company in Toronto that my parking space is available, but I have to pay my bill. Uh, I've never been to toronto i don't have a parking place in toronto but i'm honored that people either people are doing this or some kind of advanced ai is using my email address and signing me up for random shit so i i thank you for that i
4: appreciate it yeah big fat waste of time you have to go through the inbox and hit spam spam yeah yeah every week it's a
2: stack of these things so the first letter we get is from pierre from parts unknown formerly in springfield just down the street from the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame where Muffet McGraw resides. But Pierre's in a dust-up with Dog. Pierre says, Ben, with the chatter last week that you cut the guest list short for the Halloween party, how in the hell did the ungrateful elitist make the cut? Let me guess. Who am I? I was Rob Parker's plus one for Mallard's inaugural Halloween party, and I can't believe that I flew back here for some cold Domino's pizza and Kirkland brand alcohol. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds like, I don't know, did he post that on social media, the uh, the man wearing the dress? I, I don't know if he did or not, but uh, that sounds like something that, uh, that he would do. Uh, it was clearly an oversight. It was a mistake, Pierre. It will not happen again. Wrong. It will not happen again, Mr. West of the 405. Well, I, I, I even if I have to go and do the unthinkable and invite Goldilocks, uh, oh, to, to, uh, you're yeah, oh, taking it too far. Is that too far? That's a bridge too far, Danny. Daddy. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Cause he, see, I I don't know. He can't he can't act on his good behavior. So I don't know if I, I can't really invite the guy. All right, let's see. all right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Well, this is a very important letter. It's- postmarked international from australia ozzy Waz from western australia writes in he says good day mate uh, big ben and the smooth talking danny g i gave you a call during the week and i played it back for the missus from the podcast and she thought it was really cool but then felt sort of bad for me as she reckons you couldn't quite understand me so Ozzy Was, his question, uh, without trying to be racist, he says, have you ever had trouble understanding people from other countries?
4: Racist.
2: No, no, Ozzy Was, I understood you completely. I did. There was a slight delay at the beginning of the call. So I'm a schmuck. I'm a, I'm a mama Luke. So let the missus know what I was doing was lot. Like anytime I see an opportunity, I thought you could not hear what we were doing. And so I was doing the old, hey, you want to get on the air bit, but you then realized that you could hear us, and whatever connection issues that we had went away. And No, I understood. In fact, I, I told my my wife about your call. I said, hey, the guy that got attacked by the kangaroo, Ozzy was. I, I told her that he called the show. And she was like, oh, man, she loved the information you gave about the kangaroos. I don't know much about kangaroos other than I've seen them on a few TV shows and movies over the years, but I've never seen one in person and all that. And so Ozzy Waz said on the the radio show this week, Danny, that unlike, you know how a deer freezes in the headlights? Yeah. That phrase deer in the headlights because the deer will freeze on a country road when they see cars. Well, a kangaroo, according to Ozzy Waz, they're the opposite. They will run at a light. Like, the cars drive by, and they run uh, they run after the light. Oh, wow. Yeah, not the brightest move. And so, Unless they're
4: behind the car.
2: Well, yeah, they're behind it, and they're getting a lot of workout in. Yeah, you know, You're getting their exercise in. But Ozzy Waz was listening to our show in Australia, and his car got destroyed by a kangaroo. Kangaroo came over there in Western Australia and just ripped the car up. So, no, I loved your call, Ozzy Waz. I hope it doesn't cost you too much money. I'd love to talk to you again. And I'll make sure that goes smoother next time. I'm going to blame the Koopa Loop is what I'm going to do. It's clearly his fault. There was a connection issue, and I'm blaming him. (laughs) I
4: wish I could pull off those suits.
2: All right, next up, we have Kevin in Kansas. He says, Dear Ben and Danny G, I know a guy who has a tattoo of a wedding ring on his ring finger. Ben, given your lost ring ordeal, and Danny G with a possible nuptial in the offing, would either of you consider this possibility? All right, so now I got a new ring, so I'm, I'm good on that. And I also got these, because of our friend in Denver, I got these rubberized rings that I wear when I go to the beach now. So I, my goal is to, if I, as long as I remember and, and remember to change out the ring, I don't think I'll worry about losing my wedding ring. Again, because any situation where I may lose the ring, I'll just wear one of these cheap you know, rubber rings that I got like 10 of them for like five bucks, off Amazon. Uh so there's that. But what about you, Danny? You are you getting close to the big day. It's coming up here before you know it. Well and-
4: as you know Ben, I'm against tattoos. <laughs> yes.
2: It's against <laughs> your religion. Uh but uh would you have you have you already bought a ring, ring 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 or would the Yeah
4: the well my Cleopatra bought me one. All right. That's the least she could do as you know the girls' ring is about four paychecks and the men's ring is uh not even not even a quarter of a paycheck. Well why is there such a big difference by the way Ben? Why is the girl's ring so fancy and so expensive and the guy's ring is so drab and cheap?
2: Well, it really is sexism and I think women should demand to get the same quality ring the men get. <laughs> As opposed to the men demanding the the ring, the women get, and uh, it's a, it is one of those things in life. So much has changed, but it's one of those things, Danny. That's like in its own time warp. And I I blame the people that run jewelry stores, right? They're the they're the ones holding on to this. They're like, no, 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 you got you got to spend X amount of money, and if you don't do that, you're a schmuck, and you're a loser, and a mama luke, and uh, and all that stuff. So
4: yeah, I do like the one I picked out, but I told my tenderoni I was like. Why couldn't yours have been this price? This, my monthly payment for her ring cost more than my ring complete.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, and this is a preview of future engagements there, Danny. So be prepared. Uh, this is part of the, part of the gig here. You have to look forward to, but it's uh, it'll all work out. Uh, let's see here. Bam, motherfucker. All right. Uh, next up we have Nick in Wisconsin. He says, Ben and Danny, two part question. Any wild animal in the world, Which one uh, would you be, or are you most scared of seeing? And which do you think you could take on in a fight? Yeah, so wild animal you think you can beat in a fight. Well, it'd have to be something kind of on the small side. Uh, What are those uh, in in the Serengeti? You know those small, they're like small cats? That's a plump pussy right there. (laughs) What, what are they uh, – they, 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 they do travel in packs, though, but I think I could take them down. I forget the name of them.
3: Don't do a lost
2: cat, Magnet. Pencil next. Which doesn't really help right now, Nick. And then uh, which wild animal uh, would I like – I'd like to see the Komodo dragon. To me, that's a dinosaur, them and the crocodile, so I'd like to see that. As far as scared – I think any wild animal that's within five feet of you or 10 feet of you is a scary proposition. Like, I've heard horror stories uh, about everything. Even for, like, buffalo. I had uh, a buddy of mine was trying to get a buffalo, an actual live buffalo for a radio bit that he was doing. (laughs) And he was told by the people that keep the buffalo that they're very angry animals and they don't like to be around people. So... (laughs) Which is, I thought was amusing because doesn't Colorado football in Boulder, don't they have like live buffalo that run out in the field and and, and all that? But, anyways, I guess they wear blinders or whatever. So he was he was telling me that. But uh, scared of seeing, how about like a lion? Lion, heck, even an alligator, like a big 800 pound gator. Yeah. Been around for 150 years. Yeah, something like that. That would be bad. What about you, Danny?
4: Uh, let's see. The animal I would like to beat up, let's go with a hyena because when we were kids watching The Lion King, remember how annoying the hyenas were? Yeah, I think
2: the hyena was what I was thinking of, but I couldn't come up with the name. So oh, think- really? Okay, yeah, so we yeah. agree on that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think we could take a hyena. They're not that big, right? We could take down a hyena. Yeah. It's like a medium-sized animal. We could take that down,
4: yeah. Or take them out with bad jokes, too. They wouldn't be laughing at all. Oh, that isn't funny. Yeah, and then right. let's see. As far as being scared of an animal, I guess a grizzly bear, or a yeah, like a huge grizzly coming after you. Because what, boys... what about a brown bear? Racist. <laughs> yeah, well, eh, not as um, much as a grizzly. Yeah. I think I saw a grizzly standing up because those things are fast and they could rip you apart.
2: What was that story? If you ever do the animal Thunderdome, this can be in, this, in, in the show, this kind of story. There was a grandmother somewhere like in the Philippines or someone that was eaten. They found her body in some kind of like a li- – not a lizard, but it was like a snake or something. Like the Inside animal- a huge python, right? Was it a python? Yeah. I think so. What a way to go out. Python food. Poor <laughs> grandma. Gee. <Jeez. laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, like, how does that happen? Did she fall? Was she sleeping and the python ate her while she was sleeping? Did she fall down? Did she know what was happening? Like, there's so many questions you want to know about.
4: I love, man, that's one of the reasons I love the Thunderdome, because you have to do some investigative reporting to find out how did this fucking happen? And there's so many questions.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one to get somebody on from the local law enforcement or somebody that would have inside information.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that. He is...
1: terms and conditions apply rain or shine
3: every day is a great day for fishing right? You got rain gear but you can't overlook sunny day gear a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days like literally. I mean who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish but why do it if you don't have to? So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
2: All right, moving on. You've got mail. Yes, we do have mail. Barry from Nashville writes in. He says, yo, yo, ma, Benny. Uh, Barry says, since Gascon, who has been gone from the fifth hour podcast, we have never heard from I'm a pilot. Is it now given that I'm a pilot was really David Gascon? I say yes. Well, I second that motion by Barry in Nashville, Yo-Yo Ma Benny, uh, the man that gave me that name, and yes. uh, I'm a pilot either is related to Gascon or is Gascon. But to completely fall off the face of the earth, There's got to be, you talk about investigations. This guy, I'm a pilot. He emailed us a lot when the podcast started every week for a while. He is a pilot, but he flies long international flights. And I can confirm that it is somebody that has access to photos because this guy was sending photos from China. He went to China during COVID and he talked about his experience. As he went into immediate quarantine and how they he was like in prison in a Chinese hotel, and he sent us photos which I didn't even know you're allowed to take in China, and it showed us of his you know, some of his conditions and all that. So, so it is somebody. I don't think it's Gascon per se, but it's probably somebody in the Gascon clan, is what I will say, Barry from Nashville. And then he says, "Free Justin." I don't know which Justin you're talking about. Wrong. I, I, have no, I mean, there's a lot of people in life named Justin, so I have no, no bleeping clue which Justin you are referring to.
4: It was a lot of fun catching up with Gascon at your Halloween party. One thing, though, I asked him what happened to his parents because his parents used to email the show all the time, too. Yeah, and, and what, did he, what did he say? He, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Same thing he says Woo-hoo! about the new pilot. Yeah, you know who his parents were, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had it. his dad was, uh, yeah, his dad was on the the podcast. Yeah. Not that dad. I'm talking oh. about a couple that used to email the show. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah, they have it. Yes. <laughs> his surrogate parents. What happened to them? I don't know.
2: Let me see here. Let me see the last time they, I'm going to look right now. I'm going to guess.
4: Hold on. May, a April, May, June, somewhere around there.
2: Yes, the last email we received from Helen and Stu was in June.
4: Wow. Good guess. Yeah. It was Where in
2: I mid June. So we've been through July and August and September, pretty much all of October now. This is our last show in October. So four months without hearing from Helen
4: and Stu. Maybe they're on a flight with I'm a Pilot.
2: Yeah. I hope they're I hope they're okay. I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh they they were not feeling particularly good I remember the last time they they emailed so I don't know what's going on but I have not it's odd that they would just disappear for that because they're emailing every other week I hope they're okay but I I don't know what happened to Helen and Stu Helen and Stu if you hear this reach out to us let us know you're Mm -hmm. you're
4: okay that's normally how uh, maybe I listen to too many crime podcasts but that's normally how people cover their tracks before they disappear Ah, I'm not feeling well
2: Hmm, things that make you go, "hmm, yeah. And I can hear Helen right now saying, "You are fake news. No, no I don't know about that. You've got mail. All right, next up, we have let's see here. any Mike from Fullerton writes in, "No relation to fur dog." He says the talk of the town is still Ben's monster mash from last weekend. So I have a couple of questions about it. In each of your opinions of those in attendance who had the best costume, who had the worst costume all right so uh, we'll start with those two and there's another question here uh, he, he says who had the most offensive costume so the best costume I thought your costume was good I, I loved Bobo on the radio I thought he really nailed it as well uh one of the one of the people from Danny G's clan or not not uh, your not your clan the uh looney Clan uh they had a pretty good pretty good I mean there were some decent co- I mean, there's some pretty good costumes actually The worst costume has to be either Tom Looney, who just wore a witch's hat and regular clothes, or with all due respect, Rob Parker, who dressed as Rob Parker. But as Rob Parker, that's the most authentic Rob Parker costume. So if you're dressing as Rob Parker and you are Rob Parker, that can't be the worst costume. That's got to be a pretty good costume.
4: Well, Iowa Sam needs to be in the running.
2: Oh, yeah. He just wore like a a
4: mask. He had a $2 mask from CVS Pharmacy. Yeah, well, with the Putin price
2: hike, it was likely a $17 mask, but still, still uh. not uh, not that good. And as far as offensive, uh, I don't know. What do you, you think was offensive? Anything offensive?
4: There? I didn't think mine was offensive until I filled in on your weekday program, Sunday into Monday, on the Ben Maller show. Ferg Dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ferg Dog called up during Insta Advice Line and said that my costume was racist.
2: Yes. Well, everything is racist. This podcast is racist. The whole thing,
4: yeah. the whole world is racist, so. When you're paying homage to the great pharaoh and Cleopatra, how is that racist?
2: No, I thought your costume was uh, was wonderful and it, it it looked good and I was I was proud of you cuz as I told your your lovely Tinderoni, I've known you for many years, Danny, you've always been the Tupac Foe Drizzle. Yeah. Always been Tupac at every Halloween event, but no, no more Tupac. Do you still have the mask? You kept the mask, right? Oh, of
4: course. Well, last night at the school in Van Nuys, I had the Tupac mask on. Okay. You know? No Tinderoni in sight. I'm Tupac because she told me, you could be Tupac, but then what am I going to be to match that? And I said, you could be one of my hoes.
2: <laughs> and for some I, reason, she did not appreciate that. Oh, and-
4: she laughs. She loves Tupac's music. So she's like, okay, Mr. I get around. <laughs>
2: All right, next up, we have Big Greg uh, from Iowa. He says, Dear Ben and Danny G, since this will be seen after the Halloween party, Ben, Jonas wants to know where his invite was. Well, it was lost in the mail. It was lost in the mail. And and Jonas, and, and I, I got to tell you, there were guys like, well, why wasn't I invited? Like Jonas got upset. LeVar Arrington got upset. They were busting my chops. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put these guys on blast. I'm going to invite all these people that were complaining they didn't get an invite. Who I, I was polite. I didn't want to have them have to not show up and tell me they're not coming because they live so far away. But if they want an invite, I'll give them an invite. And if we have a, a Christmas ugly sweater party, uh, I'll invite them, and we'll see how many of these guys
4: show up. We'll see who shows up. Jonas complains about driving from his place to the studios on Saturday mornings. So I can't imagine him driving all the way to where you live. Maybe I'm wrong. But I I think you're right about that.
2: I've invited Jonas for years and he never shows up, and so I was like, all right, I
4: just won't even. It's just a radio bit at this point. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, Greg also says since you were going as Bob Ross, and one of the myths of Bob Ross is that his paintings uh, were were where he hid the bodies. <laughs> Danny G and Ben uh, painting the and pictures. Uh, and and will you will you need to do a head count at work in the future? Uh, he says, "So I, I think he's making a, a a dead body joke there." I got a thing about dead bodies from Big Greg in Iowa. Uh, next up, Sweet Potato Bob. You know it's big if Sweet Potato Bob's writing in. Bam, motherfucker from Cincinnati, Ohio. He says, "Ben, break this down for me. Why don't this is a sporto question?" Uh oh. He says, "Why don't all special teams defenses have a seven footer who jumps up and blocks extra points and field goals?" I'd pay the guy a million dollars just to do that. It, it's actually not a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. It sounds like something that would have happened in the 1970s or the early 80s, but not now. Because there's too many hardo guys in football that don't have any outside the box thinking. Like there was a time in the NFL where you'd see guys who were tracking field stars who would get signed to be wide receivers. You don't see a lot of that anymore. Occasionally, you'll see a college basketball player become a tight end. The last experiment like this, we had. Remember the the Aussie rules football player? The Aussie muffed it, the punter for the 49ers. That's right. Yeah.
3: The Aussie muffed it today, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah. So they don't do those kind of things, but that would be, that would definitely be a unique approach. Just have one guy, but you have specialists. You have a guy that only plays, only plays as a punter,
4: and a guy that's only a kicker. So he'd have to be a fat, tall guy, otherwise he'd get pushed off the line.
2: Not necessarily. If he's if he's a couple feet behind the line Mm -hmm. as in the linebacker position, and he jumps up, uh, yeah, yeah. you'd have to have pretty good hops. Yeah, you could absolutely pull that off. I think that's a solid idea. And by the way. In obvious passing situations, you'd take away the middle of the field. You wouldn't be able to throw to his side of the field, assuming the guy has some
4: some strength. And you could put him in the end zone on a Hail
2: Mary. That's right. Man, this is a no-brainer. Sweet Potato Bob wins the day. You should be running the Bengals' front office, Sweet Potato Bob. It's a bad job by them not hiring you.
1: I got mail! Yay! I got mail!
2: Yay! All right, next up is Mark from uh, Parts Unknown. Ben, why do you yell and holler way more nowadays? Well, that's a great question, Mark. And the reason I've decided to yell and to scream more now is I was trying to think of how I could annoy you. And I thought, Mark, by yelling occasionally and raising my voice... That that would annoy you, and that would also cause the crowd to go wild. Talk now. I don't really think I'm yelling or hollering any more than I used to, but maybe I'm wrong. I I don't. But spoiler alert: you
4: ever listen back to your own podcasts? No, I I don't. Don't don't listen to these podcasts.
2: Are you kidding me? I don't listen to the show, the podcast. I don't listen to you. I don't listen to me. I don't listen to anybody. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, uh, man. You only talk and yell. You never listen. It's talk radio. It's not listen radio. Yeah. It is not. They don't pass the listen. They don't. All right. Uh, what was that? Next thing I know, I just saw this white thing flying at my face. How dare you? All right. Uh, next up, we have Noah from Austin, Texas, another one of the hip cities. These days in the United States, he says, Big Ben, what advice would you give someone who's wanting to start a successful podcast? Uh, So don't do it.
0: (laughs) There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing.
1: terms and conditions apply
3: rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right you got rain gear but you can't overlook sunny day gear a columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days like literally i mean who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish but why do it if you don't have to So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com/PFG
2: and shop all their performance fishing gear. Noah from Austin, wanting to start a successful podcast, you can do it, but you got to have a plan. You got run. You got to have a plan. Set yeah. your alarm for three a.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, you have to find a niche. There's there's a podcast, there's seven thousand podcasts for everything. So you gotta look at the podcast market and say, How can I build an audience? What is going to be my niche? What is gonna be the thing that makes me stand out? So you gotta start with the content, and then you gotta figure out how many days a week is the podcast is gonna be, you know, how many downloads do I have to get to before I can can make money. And there's a lot of things and I I don't want to be uh, Benny Buzzkill here, but the reality of a podcast game is most of the podcasts that people listen to are owned by big media companies. So very few mom-and-pop podcasts have been able to draw a big audience. That's just the reality. Now, the good news is if you show a little razzmatazz on a podcast, one of the big podcast companies would likely buy you up and then give you a bigger stage, a bigger megaphone to be heard. It's like, listen, even what we do here, right, Danny, we do a big podcast. We have a lot of people that love the show, and I've been very lucky. I have loyal members of the Mallard Militia that have followed me from the radio to the podcast, and they support what I do, and we do pretty well. But there's other podcasts at our company. There's one certain host, I will not name him, who has his own podcast network that destroys the amount of downloads that we get, right? We get a fraction of the amount of downloads that that guy gets because for, for many, many reasons. So, I mean, everyone's fighting the game there, but you can do it. Don't expect to be an overnight sensation there, Noah. It's going to take a little time and you got to find ways to market it, come up with giveaways and things to double the audience. The cool thing I've learned from my years in radio and on the podcast, it's a little harder with the podcast game, but in radio, There's people always trying to find new programming and scanning the radio dial, old school in the car. And so they'll come across you on a late night drive when we're on and things like that. And so if you can just double the audience, easier said than done. If you have seven people listening, if they get one more person, that's 14. And then if those other seven people get, and you just keep, it keeps morphing
4: like gremlins. Here's a tip for him. Even if you have to make monthly payments, Buy some quality equipment. I understand that it's a different world nowadays when it comes to audio equipment, but there is some equipment that's affordable that actually sounds good. You just got to do the research.
2: Yeah, and a little life hack for you, Noah. Uh, these, a lot of these uh, places on Amazon and other places, they sell podcasting microphones that you can plug into the back of your computer which sounds like a good idea. They're not that expensive, but they are, my experience, I've tried a few of them. Absolute shit. Yeah. And,
4: uh, I, mixing board.
2: Yeah. Like if you can get a mixing board and then connect that to the back of your computer, that's what I use. I have my own setup on the right side here. I have the terrestrial radio equipment on the left, which is a big box of all these different gadgets and thingamajigs and all that. But on the other side, I have uh, just a mixer board and a good microphone. You know, a good microphone is going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, but it's worth it. Yeah. And, and these things last forever. These things will survive a nuclear war, these microphones. So very rarely do you have to replace them. They last a long time. In fact, at Fox Sports Radio, we're using the same mics we used when the place opened 20-something years ago, 22 years ago. So we're still using the same microphone.
4: Well, they bought futuristic equipment back then.
2: Yeah, they were they were planning ahead like Star Trek. All right, next up, Fred from Spring, Texas, and Fred writes in. He says, "Does Danny G feel destined to work in radio because his last name is Radio?" <laughs> is that is that true, Danny? Is that uh, I thought your name was Ghirardelli.
4: I was just gonna say Radio, and um, more specifically, Gradio is a stage name. My real last name on my driver's license is Ghirardelli. So I actually thought I was destined to work in the family business, but my grandfather told all of us. He said, "Look, I just want you guys to be successful and happy, no matter what you do, even if you don't want to be one of America's finest chocolatiers."
2: And <laughs> we do love chocolate, but the price of cocoa has gone up, and so
4: yeah, cocaina, its still- a—it's <laughs> a, it's a pricey thing. Bunch of hookers and cocaine, oh.
2: man. You've got mail. All right. Daniel in Ohio is next in the mailbag. He says, Do you guys think there was an advanced civilization before us? And do you think there was life on Mars? And if so, do you think we are them? Oh, these are George, these are George Nori related questions. This uh-huh. is Norrie's not on the podcast this week. We can't ask George. So to answer this, uh, I, I, every once in a while, I'll go out into a, a place outside the, t- the city, the city lights, and look up to the heavens and think that there's probably thousands of planets just like this one with life on it, and there's other planets with life that we have no idea. So uh, I, I don't know that there were, there were civilizations on this planet before us, but I do believe there there are other life forms I believe there are UFOs flying around it's it's stuff that our human minds cannot grasp the technology because they are more advanced than us and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if there was life on Mars in the past and like there's a lot of stuff that certain people know but they don't want to share with the masses and they're starting to open that up a little bit in recent years. They're now admitting there's a bunch of UFOs that they have no idea what the fuck these things are and they're flying around military bases and whatnot. And so I absolutely believe there's a bunch of stuff that has kind of been around the planet from other worlds and whatnot. And, and, uh, eventually uh, we won't be around, but there'll be people in future generations that will, We'll take the human human beings out to the cosmos. So what about you, Danny? You have any thoughts on whether or not there was an advanced civilization before us or life on Mars or any of that?
4: No, it sounds like you could bullshit your way through sitting in for George Nori. I could never fill in for him. No,
2: I, I would love to fill
4: in. I no, I you would. I would think that would be awesome.
2: I We should have, and I know the company won't do this because – I'm a pimple on an elephant's ass, but I'd love for George Nori to host the show. Yeah. And then we, maybe on April fool's day, like we'll have George do the, the Ben Maller show and I'll do coast to coast. Nice. And uh, I'd love to do a Maller monologue. Um, and, and I could, I could do it about the shadow people.
4: It would be like switcheroo day at school where the cafeteria lady gets to be the principal for the day and the principals in the cafeteria serving food all day. Oh, it'd be awesome, man. I would
2: uh, be, I'd be all about it. I'd love the opportunity to do Coast to Coast. I they, I did fill in for Jim Rome one time. Do you know that? At the uh, the Premier Networks uh, when Jim know that the Premier. And it was right before he left. And I did a show with Lincoln Kennedy. And it was like, from the Jim Rome show. the Premier talk Network. a lot of smack. Oh, yeah. I was in the jungle, man. I had my machete. I was like, I was going for it. I was like, ah, finally, I've arrived in the jungle i'm here man i'm a big time guy uh let's see what is next on the old uh, mail uh, bag all right uh, wait a minute there we go all right we have uh, frank from parts and he says i just want to know were there any happy little trees on the Maller mountain of money this week uh so i'm not i uh, don't know quite there was a happy little tree my wife was dressed as a happy Happy little tree. We had the Mallard Mountain of Money. I did not play Mallard's Mountain of Money this week. Bad job by the people that picked the contestants. Uh, next up, Jeff in Destin, Florida writes in. He says, Ben and Danny G, why do punters try the coffin corner? Any- why don't they try the coffin corner anymore? That's actually another good sporty question. When we were kids, Danny, we saw this a lot, right? You try to punt it with inside the 10-yard line out of bounds. Why, why don't we – we don't see that anymore.
4: Yeah, that's a good question.
2: You'd think that would be something that is very effective, and you don't have to worry about a routine. You can box the people in. Mm-hmm. It's 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 odd that that has left the game of football. Did they change the rule or something? That if the punt goes out of bounds, it's it goes to the thirty-five yard line or something like that. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. Uh, all right, check
4: uh, our NFL rule book.
2: Yeah, that's, that's compelling uh, podcasting. Uh, <laughs> RJ in San Antonio says, have you tried any of Roberto's recipes? And if so, which one is your favorite? Yeah, back in the old days, Roberto would bring in some of the food, like the night he was yeah cooking, and We tried a few things. What was your favorite, Danny? Any, anything you remember there? The enchiladas. Uh, he brought uh, all kinds of. of
4: oh, food. the enchiladas he brought in that night were really good. Yeah, those were pretty good. Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, um, but he's, he's very talented. There was also a steak dish that he brought in one time that was really cooked well. Yeah, no,
2: he does a good job on that. It's a bummer that Dodgers didn't fire Dave Roberts, so he can't send out those recipes anymore. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rich writes in, he says, where does the fake Fudgy post his online recipes? Well, I don't know. He's fake. He does have a Twitter account, though. The fake Fudgy has a Twitter account. And uh, I, I don't know much more about. Well, oh, I heard him
4: during Insta Advice Line.
2: You heard him during the. Oh yeah, he calls up every week. That's his big spot. And he and there now there's impersonators of Fudgy. Wow. We, we do like a ripoff of Fudgy impersonation.
4: So that's when you know you've arrived. Yeah, exactly. All right,
2: we'll get out on that. Everyone else, we thank you for the the questions and all that. And if you, we did not get to your question this week, don't worry. There's another mailbag next week. These things one after another. So I'll be out there panhandling for questions on the fifth hour podcast every Tuesday, but thanks to all you guys who took time out to send a question. I do appreciate it. And you can join the the list. We love when new people send questions. We had some new people this week, a few new people mixed in with our regulars, real fifth hour at gmail.com real fifth hour at gmail.com. And also on the Facebook page, which is Ben Maller show. And I know I'll be on the radio tonight, Danny back in the magic radio box. Uh, it's Halloween uh, tomorrow. A lot of Halloween parties this, this weekend and all that. And in fact, there's a a little party for my nieces and nephews and cousins that we're throwing today. So I'll, I'm going to try to get into the, the main studio tonight, but I'll be back then anything to promote Danny, anything at all your day off. Yeah. Day rest?
4: Well, let me promote the penny because It being Sunday morning, this is your last chance to listen to Benny versus the Penny, week number eight. Yep. Last chance
2: saloon. Last opportunity to hear all the picks before the games kick off. My right hand was getting a workout. I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, let's have a great day today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the NFL games today. And I'll catch you, and I'll be ranting and raving like a lunatic about a bunch of these NFL games tonight on the Ben Maller Show, which starts at 11 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday night, but 2 a.m. in the east, and where most people live on the eastern seaboard, 2 to 6 in the morning. We'll catch you then and
4: see you later. We're out like a pig snout.
2: Oh, that's a new one. That's
4: That's the second time I've done that one. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, 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 before I let you go. I like the Saints. Go Raiders.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit,